As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Coach. Coach. Put it in the From CHGO, it's Adam Ho, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. That crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. (laughs) I'm I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns. It's the Fish... Uh, no, sorry. The Johns and Fishbane edition. Sorry, Kev. I had to put my name first. You know how it goes. What's going on? Uh, I understand. I'm just looking at the logo right below me. <laughs> uh, beautiful, a beautifully done logo, by the way. Um, good to be here. Good to be on the show. Lots to get at as we are home from the annual owners meetings. And, uh... Yeah, it's uh, uh, well, we'll get to this, but it's the generally the happiest time of year for all thirty-two teams. Yes, yes, it is. Um, we are back. I have some sun on my skin. You do not. No, I stay in the shade. Yes, you do. You kept that hoodie on. Uh, the fifty-degree difference in day temperature is a shock to the core. Going from eighty degrees in Phoenix to thirty-two here in Chicago, but. Here we are, a lot to get to, a lot of interviews that Kevin and I were a part of in Phoenix. We had Ryan Poles first. We had, let's see if I, we had Ryan Poles. We had, we had the AFC Coaches Breakfast. Who did you sit with there at the AFC Coaches Breakfast? I sat with Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel for most of okay. that time. Um, and a little bit of Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. I sat with Demico Ryans the whole time. He was yep. not happy when I asked about his reaction of the Panthers trade up to number one. We'll get to that <laughs> a little bit later. Um, then we had Ryan Poles after that, right, on Monday. Yeah. Then we had yep. breakfast with Matt Eberflus on Tuesday. Kevin oh, Warren also Kevin on War- Tuesday. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Warren was, was Monday he mo- night. He was Monday night too. So, yeah, I'm already losing my yeah. mind. So let's just move on. <laughs> it, it is a whirlwind couple days. 
out there. But you know the deal. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Johns. Follow Kevin at K Fishbane. Our stuff is up on theathletic.com. Kevin has outwritten me maybe four to one, but we got some some big stuff coming. Little tease for later coming. this week. Yes, a lot of stuff coming. Uh, definitely check out theathletic.com on Friday. There's your tease um, story coming. Um, and you know Adam Hogue on CHGO, allchgo.com, and adamhogue.com. He is still out in Phoenix with his wife, or Scottsdale, I should say. So, Kev, we're back. Plenty of interviews, a couple breakfasts with, with a few coaches. What is your your number one takeaway from a Bears perspective now that you're back home from Phoenix. Uh, Kevin Warren said it, that there is this, and I know you're going to get to this too, but the way I like it is he said there's a calm around the team, which is interesting when you think about all the change that's going on. You got the, and, and all the happenings, right? You got the, the number one pick was traded. You've got a couple you know, big money free agents brought in. You have Kevin Warren himself, a new president coming in. They closed down the Arlington Park property um, last month. We talked to George McCaskey, Kevin Warren about that. So there's lots happening. You also had a team that went 3-14 and 14 last year. That still has a lot of question marks for this season. But Kevin Warren mentioned a call. And, you know, I think it's important to be careful. You wrote about this, you know, we heard, uh, I remember being in an owner's maze and hearing Ryan Pace uh, use that word to talk about the calm. So, you know, a lot of times this time of year, you know, everybody, as I said, everybody's in a good mood. Um, but I thought that was an interesting word that Kevin Warren used to describe. And I think it kind of reflects Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus's styles, right? You know, you're at these things and you get to see every GM and head coach there. And you get to see their personalities a little bit. And you know, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberfuss are just very steady people. And I think that that's a really important thing considering what the team went through last year and what they have ahead. Um, does that mean that they're going to turn this thing around, be a consistent winner? I don't know. But I, I, I did I did take note of that when the new president, that was his kind of takeaway from his first month, kind of in the building as officially started, that he was very um, impressed by how calm everything was for a team that has a lot of change coming. Yeah, Kevin Warren is very much in that transition period. He has had regular meetings with Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. He's on a group text with George McCaskey and uh, Ryan Poles. So he's been in communication. But his first day is what, April 17th? Is that right? Yep. It's actually also, I believe, the start of uh, phase one of the offseason training program. Ah, synergy, synergy. Um, you're, you're right in saying... That calm is a uh, like I wouldn't characterize the Bears offseason as calm. I characterize it as busy as hell. <laughs> right, it's, it's one major. Calm. Yes, yes. The people. Well, I would say even in those moments, they they weren't calm because there's certain emotions attached to trading the first pick. There's there's a lot of work that goes into such things. There's a lot of conversations that can get tense, and then you have the whole hiring process of, of Kevin Warren, and I'm pretty sure that things are still like, how would you describe the situation with Arlington park? Like George McCaskey to use his analogy is they haven't even kicked off yet. Long way to go. So they're calm. And yeah, yeah. Maybe you're calm because there's not a lot of work to do or you're trying to get the work started, but yeah, it, it is unique. Um, 
I think my general takeaway from Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Maddie Bufus, and George McCaskey is there is a unique confidence amongst them. Right? Like they went three and fourteen and they almost had to be reminded of that. Like George had to be reminded of that. And he and he chuckled about it a bit. But I think I think it was like almost an acknowledgement of what last year was to get to this point and how now they like things were torn down and now they're building up in in terms of Arlington Park. They're not there yet, but in terms of football team, training the first pick is part of that. I, I don't know if you caught that confidence. Maybe that's part of that calmness that Kevin Warren is talking about, but I sensed, like I never got this sense early on from like a Mark Tressman and Phil Army, and that's what I'm relating it to because that was my first time ever with Arizona, Arizona Biltmore was with that front office, Mark Tressman and Phil Army. Like this front office just felt... So much, so so different in so many ways in terms of what they're trying to do with this team. Well, the last time I was at the Biltmore in Arizona, we were talking to Executive of the Year Ryan Pace, Coach of the Year Matt Nagy, coming off inches away from advancing the next round of the playoffs. Very, very happy and confident group, um, which I think says a lot about their belief in what was installed last year as a culture and then the draft capital that Ryan Poles has. Because Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy had that confidence because of the roster they what they just done, yeah. What they had accomplished. They had no and they didn't really have any draft capital. They didn't really have much flexibility in free agency to, to do a whole lot uh to the roster. Um and you know it, you know you could compare it too like they were they were really excited about Mitch Trubisky and I think this group's excited about Justin Fields, but I think we could all agree that Justin Fields' ceiling is seems higher now, certainly than Mitch's did. He was then. a Pro Bowler then, um, but it, you know, it's, it's he was again. They they're, they're just it's interesting to compare the two because um, obviously everything went downhill uh, after 2018, and it's just like I mean, it, we'll, we'll we'll probably talk about this over the next five six months, John Z. The fan base here is more uh i don't know if excited is the word but maybe content pleased with the direction of the team that i've seen you know maybe one other time in my 10 years now on the beat uh and it says a lot about a team that, again went thir- three and 14 and if you look at the roster it doesn't it certainly doesn't look like a team that that is significantly better than the team that went three and 14 um but i think it's a belief in ryan poles it's a belief in the resources they have um, and you can kind of feel that too from George. Yeah, the reasons for well. confidence. So that, so that would be 2019, right? The reasons for confidence, or at least Matt Nagy's and, and Ryan Pace's, were different than now. Like Ryan Pace was voted by his peers as the Sporting News Executive of the Year. Like they, and Matt Nagy was Coach of the Year. You had all those Pro Bowlers. Um, you had the great season. Cleo Mack was Cleo Mack. So the reasons for confidence are, are different than now, but. I want to say, like you mentioned, the fans. Ninety percent of them understood last year. Is that too much? Is that too much of a percentage? But I, I, I feel like at least the ones that read me, comment on our stories, ninety percent understood what last season was all about. You want me to say more? <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think everybody. No, I, I think that they understood. Um, the, you know the. I, there's also something too. If I'm going to throw a little nuance into the conversation, I think that fans in general 
are much more into the draft than certainly 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like the draft complex is incredible. I love it. I love covering the draft. I love the lead up. I love doing mock drafts. I love reading mock drafts. People can go on different websites and do their own mock draft simulator. You know, Dane Brugler, all the work he does is so popular for good reason. Because of that, I think that fans get excited about draft picks before those picks are made because there's just a, it, it's hope is what it is, right? You're, you're hanging on this hope. And, and Ryan Poles admitted that he talked to the, you and me, uh, just the three of us in Arizona. And one of the things he mentioned was he understands that draft picks are just opportunity. You actually have to hit. You got to find the right players. That's where he's got to rely on his scouting staff and his coaching staff. But I do think that when you're talking about the general tenor of the fan base, you have to factor in that, that there is just this, um, the boom of the draft industry has made it so that when a team builds this way, kind of tearing things down and accumulating draft picks, it allows for fans to, you know, dream about what they can do and kind of play yeah. general manager Bears themselves. Have so many now. 10 picks. 10 picks. Two ones next year. Us. Two twos in 2024. I got that right. Right? 2025. I see we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Or two. Not... Are there, cer- are there certain going. years when you when you say the year, it sounds like a like a futuristic? Like, doesn't twenty twenty five? I know it's only two years from now. Doesn't it sound like a futuristic thing? Well, for kids who grew up in the movies or movie in the nineties, the movies of the nineties, this was like when there was like flying cars and yeah, you go back in time. <laughs> Instead, we got uh, you know self driving cars that crash. It's true. <laughs> we got to get better at that. A lot better at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick um, to sports. But there are going to be taxis, like air taxis from O'Hare to uh, downtown Chicago. Helicopter taxis. It's true. That's something. Go, go right over the Kennedy. No, don't yeah, care. I think You're a lot of people would prefer you, that. You don't, right you don't live down there. <laughs> it's true with that construction. Um, and Anything else? Um, how about the, the sit down with Matt Dupuis? It's 30 hours of a lot of questions. I came uh, out of I, there. I only got I only got thirty minutes with him. Yes. Oh, well, I got hours. an hour with him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, hours. Yes. I, I think it was good because we, you know, and Manny Rufus mentioned this um, that you know he he likes talking players. He likes talking about player skill sets and how they fit. That's kind of his bread and butter. So this is a perfect opportunity to talk to him because they just brought in, you know, two starting linebackers, two starting defensive linemen uh, to his team. And it was good to get his take on on those guys and and what they bring. And I actually, I'll, I'll plug a story that I have up today, Thursday, opening day, by the way, um, on the Athletic. I, I'm very fascinated by Matt Eberflus's scouting eye. Like I know, head coaches and position coaches and coordinators go to pro days. It's not a rare thing. You know, we all remember Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace going to Justin Fields pro day together, but. You know, Matt Eberflus went on this tour with Ryan Poles, and Eberflus's experience as the college coach and a college recruiter, where he was watching tape and scouting 17, 18 year olds, really helps him in terms of um, getting, you know, benefiting from being there and seeing these guys, whether it's watching them on tape or being there in person and seeing how they move. Uh, he told you and Hogue a story, obviously, on the last episode about Sean Witherspoon, who he spotted. 
Um, and somebody noted on my article that Witherspoon was just a two-star guy. So that was a total you know, gem that Matty Rufus found. So again, doesn't mean that they're going to make all the right picks. And Matty Rufus is going to be wrong, certainly. But I think it does. It, it's a unique thing. I, lo- I went through every head coach in the NFL, John Z. Only Pete Carroll has more experience in college than Matt Eberflus. A lot of these guys, a lot of coaches had zero, you know, never coached in college, never experienced that. And that's fine, obviously. I mean, we've seen, you know, it's not like Bill Belichick needed to be a college coach to become what he is. But I, I do think it does, Ryan Pohl seems to really value that Eberflus, what he had to do at Missouri and Toledo translates to this part of the the football calendar. He And he really seems to legitimately enjoy well, the scouting process. Well, it's about the situation, right? It's not like he's Sean McVay and, you know, the, the Rams are trading all his top picks. Now, the Rams do have they, – that's the thing about the Rams. They don't take, like, first and second round picks. That strategy changes yes, pretty yes. quickly. But yeah. it's about the rare situation. And I think that's why Matt Eberflus's experience – not that just experience, Kev, but, like, his his passion for it. Like his willingness to be thoroughly engaged in the process of going in these on these pro days, mingling with the, the the coaches of those schools, finding out information. On our podcast, he called it looking for those extra inches, where you want to separate players from each other, where one player distinguishes himself from another. He looks for those inches, and I I I kind of appreciate that, especially given the stage of where the Bears are at and where they're going. With all this draft capital, like it fits the situation for what they're trying to like his experience fits the situation of the current state of the Bears. And the other interesting part of the two is and this is where the Jalen Carter conversation comes into play. Um, You need good players to win football games, but you can understand why for the Bears, they all they want good players who also will buy in and will fit what Matty at Matty Rufus's philosophy, who will fit hits, who will love the game of football. And the more and more we listen to Matty Rufus talk about that, Kevin Warren talked about the type of players he likes. And then Ryan Poles in terms of the way he looks at, you know, character, uh, the more and more I, I just would be at this point stunned if Jalen Carter uh, was a bear. Um, and, you know, again, it's going to be conversations they're going to have because, and I asked Matty Berflus, can you take somebody who might not be a quote-unquote hits player, who might not, as a 21-year-old, exhibit all those traits? Can you teach it to him? And he kind of essentially said that the ceiling is going to be lower for somebody like that, that they can only bring them up a certain amount. You know, he put his hand above the table. He goes, I can only bring him up to here. But if he's already got the hustle, the intensity, all those things, I can then bring him up to here. It's a little higher. So I, I thought that was another interesting nugget because we were, everybody was kind of trying to learn more about the way this staff is going to handle these situations, and Jalen Carter is kind of first and foremost in that category. Yeah, I left there thinking the same. I don't think he's going to be drafted by the Bears. I think they're still going to consider – they're still going to do their due diligence, but right now on March 30th, I I think offensive tackle is your is yeah. your best bet, and Ryan Poles kind of hinted at that, saying that there's not a lot of help right now for free agency. The salary, the talent, all that is different. 
maybe the drafts are best option, and then you know where they are at number nine. You're looking at the three best guys. I do think that part of that Jalen Carter due diligence is I imagine both Eberflus and Poles want to want to take him, you know, because he's such a rare talent, because he plays a position specific to the Bears that just is exactly what they need. I think they are. I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to try to convince themselves, but they just want to make sure they know everything about this guy, because if he's there at nine, you have to have that conversation because he's that good. Um, but I just, you know, th- look, all of them were there at, in Athens at that pro day a couple of weeks ago. And, and I think that that, I think that that, 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 that lingers with them. Certainly it should. Yeah. Well, it lingers with all teams. And, yeah. and can, we, can, can I say something? The bears aren't alone in this conversation. No, no. I, I think it applies to the bears, you know, because he, the bears need a three technique. They had the first pick traded back to nine where it's a little bit more. I guess more on the table if you're going to take that risk. It's not the same as the first pick. Um, I get the the connections or why the Bears are maybe mentioned more than other other teams, but every team needs <laughs> defensive linemen like that. Yep. You know, every every team in the top fifteen has to do their due diligence on Jalen Carter, just like every other player. They really do. I think um, I think I wrote but, this, but I, I had a I had a scout tell me he's net he it's he's the best defensive tackle he's ever scouted. Isn't that something? You know, he said he's got concerns, but he just kind of that was the first thing he said about him. So those are, you know, those things as you said, every team's got to got to consider. I'm curious. I think Seattle's the most curious one with him. At five there. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want to take some questions? Let's do it. All right. So I put this out on Twitter. one. Asking for questions. Um, I tried to stick to the ones uh, that were maybe the most relatable to the actual NFL owners meetings. So if I don't go to your question, um, you are to blame for not sticking to what I was trying (laughs) to get to. But I'm kidding. Um, All right. From JP Wood. The Bears currently have 10 picks in 2024. No, 2023, right? 
How much draft capital is too much draft capital? Each position room needs a blend of vets and young players. Can the Bears be too young? They can be too young. I think last year he ended up, you know, Ryan Polstray back a few times to get more picks because they needed to fill the roster. I think this year they don't have to, they have a better foundation right now. So they don't necessarily need to load up on extra rookies to fill that and give themselves more, you know, shots at the dartboard. You, you know, pick your metaphor. So I certainly could see them trading up and maybe finishing the draft with eight picks, you know, maybe even sit by not seven, but maybe eight or nine. Um, I just don't think that they like, they don't need to leave the draft with four guy, um, you know, with extra guys on day three, like they did, but maybe felt that way last year. I feel like they're a year away from that. Ryan Pohl still wants as many swings as possible. Like that's how I feel about that's how I feel about how Ryan Poles feels about his situation. Is that I still have a bunch of roster spots open. I'm not gonna spend a lot of money in free agency. Didn't do it, still not gonna do it. I'm looking at the draft. That's where I'm gonna start. So yeah, yes, maybe trading up is an option, especially with three picks and twelve in the second and third rounds there. Maybe he maneuvers a bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if he traded back again. I think he keeps this yeah, draft I mean, class around nine to twelve players. Yeah, I think he's going to move around a lot. I just don't think that they, they don't, you know, they might not need as many, like they might not need four seventh round picks this year. I think if they're going to have extra picks, they figure out a way to make those guys maybe fifth round picks if they can. Gotcha. So they can still end up with, you know, nine, 10 picks, which is still a lot. You know, the Ryan Pace years, like 2016 was the only draft in which he had more picks than the allotted picks. And that turned out to be probably his best draft. Yeah. Leonard Floyd, Cody Whitehair, um, uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, DeAndre Houston Carson still playing, obviously, at a high level. Deion Bush. They might have passed over Dak Prescott, but um, yeah, that was that was probably well, that one was of different. His, that was a that different was draft second strategy. Draft. That, was, that was a go get your guy. Ryan Pace had a go get your guy draft strategy. Maybe not for that year, but for other years after that, we saw it play right. out. But he did have it for that year because he went, he did trade up for Floyd, and they trade back yeah, and got did. Cody Whitehair, and yes. then he just had some. So that was, but that's why it's it's interesting that we're already two, we're gonna be two drafts in, and and polls will probably have made like more draft picks than Ryan Pace made. In See, the that's last, the interesting like, thing though too is like Cody Whitehair is one of Ryan Pace's best draft picks too, and he was acquired through a trade down. Board, values, all that stuff. I, I don't think you can have enough draft capital to begin with, especially going into the draft, because it gives you more flexibility to move around, to make moves within that draft class, to find the guys that you like based on your board. It allows you, it facilitates those moves more, and they're just easier to make if you have that gap, that capital to begin with. I could also see I, them if they trade back another more picks for 2024. This is from J.D. Brown. What struck you as the biggest difference between our new Ryan and Matt? Let me try this again. What struck you as the biggest difference between our new Ryan and Matt in these kinds of settings versus old Ryan and Matt? Hmm. Well, I mean, Matt Nagy and Matt Eberfus are extremely different. They're also like, what, 
15, 20 years apart in age. Yes. I think. Yeah. So, you know, it's a like they're just different personalities. Um and you know, offensive guy versus defensive guy. I think Matty Rufus is just more like Matty Rufus is just a, just a football guy. <laughs> like he, you know, like he loves golf. He's a family man. He's very good at golf, by the way. Or he'd tell you he's gotten worse since becoming a, of the the head coach because his time is less. But good at golf, right? Good at golf. Um, so I just think there's just some natural personality differences between the two because of that. Um, but like everybody in these settings, maybe except for Bill Belichick, is like relaxed and you know friendly. I bet and, you, Bill Belichick. Like you rarely see him just walking around, whereas like you see other coaches. You know, yeah, like I saw I, I saw Bill at the coach's breakfast. I didn't see him again the rest of the yeah. Because he's you know what he's chilling by the pool. Yeah, he doesn't need to. He's, but he, yeah, he's got he, this he, down. Yeah, I, I don't. You I, know he's I had, really... he wears shorts, Gav. He wears shorts. He Everyone else wears pants, us yeah, included. Except <laughs> and not, not Adam Hogue. Adam Hogue wears shorts. And Joe Pearson. Hogue's got some rule like. Like during the preseason, he'll like wear shorts because he says if it's like so at whatever degrees, he's wearing shorts no matter what. Hmm. Weird rule. Yeah, I I don't have I I'm not sure I could give a good comparison of Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles at these settings. Yeah, I would just say their starts are different, right? Like. Ryan Pace had John Fox. John Fox, like I, I still remember, remember to this day, like it was it was at the Arizona Biltmore, and I've been there a few times now. Um, where like John Fox is golfing with Jay Glazer, Sean Payton, and I want to say was it Mike Zimmer? I forget, but like he already knew the scene, like he's already been through it. Like Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are going through this together. Back then, you know, Ryan Pace was. You know, kind of like the wingman to John Fox. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. You know, it was right? funny. Like, Eberflus, we, we saw like Eberflus and Jonathan Gannon, you know, catching up. Obviously, they worked together in Indianapolis. But Eberflus isn't really from one of these like coaching trees, right? You see all the Shanahan guys together, all the Andy Reid, you know, took, the Andy Reid guys. Picture. Yeah. So it's just like a different, you know, um, yeah, it's just it's just a different vibe. That is a very tough question to answer, actually. But I do think something can be related to their actual... Like, if I was going to discuss it further, like, it's like the start. Like, their starts are just different, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's find another good one here. Paul Squires. With polls commenting about the free agent signings of local guys... i got to rephrase this question. Sorry, Paul. All right, question about free agent signings and the local guys. You know what I'm talking about. Do you think that makes more likely that the Bears are going to select Paris, Peter Skronsky over Paris Johnson Jr. at nine? No. Ooh, I think it makes it more likely that they would take, like, uh, you know, Jaden Reed in round four or something. You know what I mean? Like, when you get to the later rounds, I think, like like when it's when you're in the seventh round and you know it's just a lot of guys at that point. Why not take the center from Hinsdale Central like they did last year? Yeah. I, I could see that 
Now, granted, he did, you know, but I, I think that also let's remember Peter Skronsky was is not a Bears fan. <laughs> like that, that was, you know, they showed the 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 kid pictures, right, of Cole Komet, Tanyan, Sanborn, and TJ Edwards in their Bears gear when they were kids. Peter Skronsky is in Packers gear. Is a Packers, he was a Packers gear, fan. So it you know because Ryan that's his family, like, his family genes. That's his family. His grandfather played for the Packers. So uh no, it, it's a little diff. Like when he talks about local products, I think he's talking about local guys who grew up Bears fans. Now Peter Skronsky certainly knows the Bears' history probably better than players you know who didn't grow up around here. Um, but you know, I'll have I'm gonna I'm doing a story that'll be out next week. John's gonna try to get a little bit more information about some of these offensive linemen they're gonna consider. Um, and I know we've picked Peter Skronsky a couple times, um, but we've done more research and. We've had more pro days now, and I'm definitely um, probably leaning towards one of the other tackles right now. Paris Johnson Jr. Um, yeah. So the reason this came up, Paul's question, is because Ryan Poles was asked directly about the maybe the motivations or just was it an accident Is it is, or just coincidence that you have so many local guys on your team now, Tanyan and TJ Edwards joining Cole Komet and others, and by the end of the conversation there, or at least by the end of the answer, Ryan Poles was telling us that he believes those players can be a bit more motivated than others because they know what it means like to root for this team, to, to go through wins and losses, to, to have favorite players on this team. Um, again, Skronsky is different, but even from a football sense, I think... I think right now I would put him behind the others when it comes to the Bears. I think we may have made Bears Twitter really happy, by the way. Yeah. Boy, I, I got a lot of vitriol for uh, picking him in the NFL Beat Riders mock draft. Folks, I was sticking to the board. Dane Brugger has Peter Scranty number six overall on his board. The top offensive He's lineman He's a darn available. good player. I'm picking number nine. The Bears need offensive linemen, tackles, and guards. He's there. I took him. You know who else took him? Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah is, doesn't live here. He's not a Northwestern guy. You know who else took him? Dane Brugler. He doesn't live here. He's not a Northwestern guy. Todd McShay took him. Everybody needs to relax, okay? We're just like, yes, we know a little bit more about the guy because he's local, uh, but we're not like alone in... in uh, and thinking that that could make sense uh, for the Bears. So there's my rant. Um, this is from Conti out. Do you think polls and Flux's comments on players who love the sport and seen that extra inch? I think that was Matt's wording. It was on Hogan Johns on Tuesday. Does that separate the Bears from Jalen Carter? We elaborated on this earlier, and at this point on 3.30, I think it does. I, I, I really do. Um, that could change. The draft is a month away, but right now, I feel like if Jalen Carter is there at number nine, the Bears are still going with a Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah, I just I I wrote it after the Senior Bowl that I just didn't see the match then um, from from learning about Jalen Carter, uh, and obviously that's just been kind of not validated, but there's been much more information since then. Um, that has led into that just it's just not 
the best fit. As I said earlier, you, you have to consider him because he's that rare of a talent. Guys aren't built that way who move the way he does. Um, now, I think if the Bears were a veteran team that just come off a playoff appearance that had a lot of older guys in the D-line and had a really established culture and a really established kind of winning culture, and they could kind of dedicate the resources if if you need to um, to helping some a player like that. Um, maybe it's a different situation, but this is you know this is still going to be one of the youngest teams in football. It's year two of this regime. They were in, you know the worst team in football last year. I, I just I just think that you have to be you have to be really certain with who you take at nine or wherever they end up taking their first pick. And I, and I think that there might just just too many question marks right now there. This is from Brendan. I know Fish touched on Hard Knocks already. Check that out on theathletic.com. But if the franchise wants to catch up to the rest of the league to be more of a modern franchise, wouldn't being the Hard Knocks team be a good way of doing that? No. Do I need to elaborate? I should. It's a podcast. Please do. Um, The Bears... Okay, so... The Bears have their own in-house team that produces 1920 football drive. It is their kind of version of Hard Knocks. It doesn't come out very often. It's very well done. It gives you some really good inside access. So in their minds, they have something like that that is modern, that's taking advantage of their technology. They would have never done that even five years ago. So they are figuring out the benefits they can they get from bringing people inside. Uh, I just think that this is a team that is still now to go to go about back on that. They are still a little old school. They don't want the cameras everywhere. Um, I there's just, nothing wrong with that. I, no, there's nothing wrong with it. And I just don't. I don't see like okay. I watched Hard Knocks last year. Like I, my wife and I watched it together, and she was like turning into a Lions fan. You know, like she was really into the storylines and Dan Campbell and all the different coaches. And it was a really fun team to watch. Um, I don't know what the value of that is. Like, I don't know if like the Bears feel. But the, that's the other thing, too, John Z. The Bears don't think they need to do something like that. Like they're the Chicago Bears they're the charter franchise. They're in one of the, you know, the, what, the number three market in America. Like they, they just, and they don't have to split the market like the New York teams and the LA teams. Like I just, they just don't feel that they need to do that. And I understand it. Um, and I don't begrudge them for it. And it's been a long standing belief. And the other thing too is, you know, Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and Matty Berflus believe that this could help the team. George McCaskey would do it. I think he would. I think if those guys said to George, went to George and said, "Hey, we think this would be really helpful for the team's image, um, for the excitement around our team, for what we can become, for free agents down the line, to show off our Hallis Hall digs, to show off our training camp, to show off the personality of our team," I think George McCaskey would say yes. But guess what? I don't think those guys are interested. This again, it's a young team. It's the second year of the staff. You still have a young quarterback with question marks. I, I just I just don't think that they need to broadcast everything they're they're, they're trying to work on this summer uh, to to the rest of the country. No team wants to broadcast everything they're working on in this summer to the rest of the country. Right. No coach wants to be mic'd up every single day. 
No players want to be mic'd up every every single day. You, you've seen all the videos that they like warn each other. Hey, I got the mic today. They do. They do. Um, here's can I can I have let you in a little secret? I don't watch hard knocks. <gasps> I have not watched one full season ever, especially since I've been uh, an NFL writer. Uh, maybe it's because. It's access I'm envious of, or or what? But I don't know. Doesn't do it for me. There, there are like certain things that I'll, I'll like if someone shares a, a, clip. a yeah. clip and it's interesting. But I but I, I take it f- for my own resources. Then like oh that's maybe I could build that into another story. But maybe well it's, I think we now know yeah, that if the Bears are on Hard Knocks, which one of us is going to have to watch the show every Tuesday night? Right? <laughs> you, yeah, you. So more reason that they shouldn't go. No, I, I think too. Like, um, there's a reason that perennial playoff teams don't have to do it, and they also don't volunteer to do it. You know, like it's kind of similar teams each year. I think even the Lions said that they would do it again. Um, I think I think I saw that somewhere. Um, and it's great. I just I just don't think the Bears are just in again. George McCaskey has never been interested in it. This came up in 2014. It was the last year this came up as a conversation topic because um, that year they you know were a play away from winning the division. They had some interesting personalities in the team. Um, and Phil Emery, you know, said because we're just we we believe we give lots of access to our fans by letting them come to Bourbon A. And now you can just go to Hallis Hall and and see the team. Obviously, you don't get to go behind the scenes, really, but it's just it's just not what the vibe that this franchise has. And you're right. I think the other it's thing too is yeah. it's not that unique to the Bears. No team really wants to do it, and that's okay. No. And I, it's a, the NFL films think- people are incredible, and I think that they do a very professional job. And I've never really, you know, they get players and coaches say they get used to the cameras pretty quickly. Um. But it just it's just a preference, and it's a preference that's shared by most of their, uh, you know, most of the other teams around the league. I think the Bears created for themselves the perfect inside situation, or with their 19 football drive show. It's not it's not there every single day. They can control it if certain messages or certain schematic or. What's the word? Competitive advantages or disadvantages come out. They're they're in charge of that, but yeah, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Any uh, final thoughts before we move into to full draft season here, Kevin? You know, any final thoughts from from Phoenix? Uh, it's opening day today. Talked Cubs with George in um, Arizona. He's not at op- He's not going to be at opening day today. Some breaking news there. I think he said he was going to go this weekend, maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I shared the story in Arizona that my senior year of high school, uh, a friend of mine got tickets to opening day. So we went. And they had that little sh- sign-out sheet at the front desk when you if you have to leave school early for any reason. You have to write the reason you're walking off campus. And big capital letters I wrote, opening day. Put that pen down like a mic drop when I went to the Cubs game. See ya. Who needs school anyway? Yeah. That was a second semester senior. I certainly did not. <laughs> uh, but uh, to folks who went today, uh, I, I've I've been to two 
two Cubs opening days. It's they're cold memories, but it's, it's a special it's a special thing. So well, let's let's look at the temperature right now. Yeah. I think it's actually uh, not supposed to be that cold today. I have thirty four. Oh, that's cold. In the oh, it'll be forty eight in the afternoon. It was eighty in Phoenix. That's what I remember. Kev, thanks, man. Thank on you. On to the draft, huh? All right. Cool. Good work. Um, read us on theathletic.com. Again, especially tomorrow. A little tease. Something coming up. Um, follow us on Twitter at Adam John, at KFishBane. That's A-I-N. Follow Adam Hogue. He's still in Phoenix as, as we speak. Started the podcast in Phoenix, ended the podcast in Phoenix. I think he's coming home. Tomorrow, his stuff is on allchgo.com. He has something about a newsletter, something like that. <laughs> Subscribe. Um, that's it. We'll be back on Tuesday. We got a lot of guests coming up. A lot of guests. Uh, we're really going to dive in deep um, for all the draft conversations. So stay tuned. Stay with us. Hit that like button. You know the deal. Thanks, everybody. Hey, what's up, Flues?